You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, Malia here, and today I am here with Pastor David for a change. I think this is the first time that uh, it's just been the two of us recording the podcast, so... Fun times. Yeah, and I'm messing with my microphone because it felt like it was falling off. So I apologize if it's making noise. <laughs> um, so how are you doing? How are you? Are you hanging in there? I mean, this. I feel like what's going on right now is kind of like great for you and it your is. personality. It is. Like, so my introvert is <laughs> not. Uh, in, in fact, I was actually sharing with somebody uh, earlier today for work that uh, the, there's. A lot of negative stuff about this so please i'm not trying to make a light of it but i enjoy private quiet yeah. time with like nobody else around and the one thing that right now at times i'm like oh i just need a break is my family's always there so i don't have any moments of like yeah. nobody being around yeah so um that that's my introverts enjoying being <laughs> at home though i'm not gonna lie yeah it, so it's so funny because i've always considered myself an extrovert mm-hmm. but I think the older I get, the more I value that solitude and the more I crave it. And so, yeah, I totally get, I love being at home and I love being at home with my family, but I know that there's times like before all this happened where um, everyone in my house was going to be gone and Mm -hmm. I would be home alone and I would be so giddy and excited because it's like, (laughs) what am I going to do? Like I have the TV to myself and I can can just do whatever. And that those, those times are far and few between. So (laughs) mine happens now after everybody goes to bed. Uh, So now I've been finding myself staying up until midnight or after (laughs) just so I can have that moment of uh, the TV's mine or something else around. Yeah. Um, there's Which something about that. There yeah. is. So, anyways. As we talk about community today a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. So, okay. We are going to be, um, as you guys know, we push pause on our um, Hebrews series to kind of address more of the um, things and the feelings that we're having and, and just some of the issues and how they relate um, to us spiritually during our sermon time on Sunday. And so... Um, we're using this time to wrap up our Hebrew series. So we are, if you guys have been following along, um, we are, what, chapter 10, verse 19? Is that yep. where we're going to start? That and then how far into 11 are we going? So we're not actually going to go into 11. Okay. Because um, kind of what we're going to look at is going to lead us up to 11, and then we'll just sure. explain how 11 um, just gives us examples of some of what we're going to talk about right. in the last part of 10. Okay, so, perfect. Um, so yeah, so jumping into that, I mean, I'm sure if, if anybody has their Bibles in front of them, I mean, uh, mine has that nice little title there saying that we're, we're this call to persevere. Uh, so we're going to talk about perseverance for a little bit. And before we jump into that, I, a quote that has come back to my thinking uh, a lot recently with kind of how we're seeing reactions of people during this time. You know, we're seeing um, concern and, and at times we're seeing panic. Of course, we're a w- couple weeks into this, but you know, the, you know, the great, you know, toilet paper uh, hoarding that's going on and all this uh, reactions. It, it's a quote that just sticks with me and it simply is this. It says, um, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. 
Mm. And I know there's a lot to that, but if you think through that, it, there's a lot of truth to that, right? This idea of hard times, people have to step up. Yeah. And, and it makes us hard, meaning we have to face what we're going through. Um, but I think I have to speak to this. My generation, our generation, uh, those of us that weren't in the World War II and even Vietnam era of stuff, you know, we've, we've had a very coddled safe life in, in many ways. We've, we've had a lot of stuff given to us. And in many ways, we've become, I'll, I'll just say it, we, we're kind of weak when things like this happen. We freak out like, oh my gosh, you know, what is, it, it was like, I remember seeing one of the memes that just made me laugh. Uh, it, I don't usually laugh out loud to stuff, but this one made me laugh out loud because it was a, an aerial picture of an aisle of all these people, younger people, like grabbing toilet paper and fighting over toilet paper in this. And it said this gener generation would never have won World War II. <laughs> yep. And it's like, that's so true, yeah. you know, when you think about it. Well, and, what do you hear... I mean, I've seen it floating around on Facebook and stuff like the, that were like the participation yeah. trophy or participation medal generation exactly. or like the kids are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that quote's really been sticking with me because, you know, this idea of hard times, strong people, strong people, good times, good times, weak people, and then weak people, hard times. And um, we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing hard times entering in. And, and by saying that, it's not saying that we created coronavirus, but... We're seeing uh, our leaders that are really stressing your actions are not helping this curb itself. We're, right. we're selfish. We're, we're, we're weak people in some of the stuff we do. But anyways, that, that's fit in this because of this call to persevere. And the author of Hebrews jumps into this, this time. He takes a pause in what he's talking about because he's basically presenting all this truth to us. And then he's saying, now, again, this is one of those, what are you going to do with it? You know, like uh, uh, another thing that I was thinking about as I was processing through this, processing through this is the, um, the old saying, you know, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of like, hey, I've, we've, we've talked who Jesus is. We, we're talking about him as your high priest, the perfect sacrifice. He is, he is superior. We've gone through all this stuff. And then it's once again, it's like, so what are you going to do with it? Yep. Right. This therefore, starting in verse 19, therefore, because of everything we've been talking about, uh, because of all the stuff we've been this is what you need to do with it. So a lot of repetitiveness, a lot. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm going to pull out four things out of this passage, the rest of uh, 10 that I believe that the writer, you know, kind of bringing it all together four uh, hits on what he's calling us to persevere with. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and as we process through this, uh, hopefully it's encouraging us. But the first one, when you look at the first section, this would be verses 19 to 23. Um, I believe he's calling us to persevere in our faith. Right, because he, he noticed some of those things. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, right? Our confidence is based on our faith. It's based on trusting who Jesus is. Um, he goes on talking about that this way has been opened to us by, you know, his body, you know, through the curtain. But then he says something really interesting in verse 22, and then again in 23. He starts both of these verses um, with something interesting. Let, let us. us. Yeah. Let us draw near to God. Right? That's a faith thing. It's mm -hmm. like, let us trust Jesus for who he is. Let's trust Jesus for what he's done. And let's draw near to God. So persevere in our faith by drawing near to God. But then he says the same thing in 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who has promised is faithful. Right? So again, our faith, uh, being called to persevere in our faith, the author here is basing it not on the power of our faith, but on the power of the one that is faithful. Mm -hmm. Right? Like my faith, see, we, we always put so much emphasis on our faith, which don't get me wrong, I get it, scripture talks about faith a lot, but our faith is of no value if it's not placed in the one that is faithful, right? So faith is only valuable 
depending on what it's placed on or in, being Christ. So the first thing I see here is, is the author is challenging us. Persevere in your faith, right? Take everything you've, we've told you and persevere in that. And I guess before we go too much farther, I also think we need to, to uh, come to an understanding of what we mean by persevere. Um, if you look at uh, the meaning of, of words from Scripture, the word perseverance actually carries with it a couple different meanings. One is the perseverance to uh, push forward, right? This idea of persevering under resistance, mm-hmm. um, to be steadfast, and to um, endure. So when hardships come, we, we are called to persevere. But there's also a meaning of perseverance, meaning there's this confidence in and living with expectation, right? So while I'm pushing forward, I'm doing it with this confidence and expectation that what God has promised me, I'm going to receive. Yep. Well, I think there's some maybe wordplay or something too, because you pointed out the let us Mm -hmm. that's in there several times. But then if you look at 19 and 21, there's the we have. Mm -hmm. And so it's already, you know, he's already telling you, the author's saying, we have confidence, you know, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And then we have a great priest over the house of God. And so he's kind of giving these things in our arsenal, I think, to, to move on to the next step. Yeah. Yeah, very much so, because again, my ability to persevere in my faith is based on not what I do, but what Jesus has done. So it's under, yeah, understanding what we have been given. So yeah, that's uh, definitely, that, that's, that's what I see in that first part. And then uh, continuing, I see the next thing that he calls us to is to persevere in our fellowship. So the, the next thing he goes on to again is there, there's that let us again, but mm-hmm. verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some in the habit do. So now he's, cha- he's changed it. And it's not only are we called to persevere in our fellowship with God, but now it's the fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I love about this is um, sometimes when we read scripture, we might we just jump over too quickly stuff. I, yeah. I love how he says consider. Uh, consider, when I think about that, that's a do on purpose word, right? It's just like consider, think about it, mm-hmm. plan, mm-hmm. strategize. It's not something that just naturally, I mean, just happens, right? It's yeah. like, that's a good point. Plan this thing, these things out, mm-hmm. consider because how Because it's spur. messy. It is. Because we are so. sinful and yeah. jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think about being messy, go, yeah. go with that also, this idea of spurring one another along. You know, I don't, I, I don't, have an idea of maybe what the original Greek word there is, but when I think mm-hmm. of spurring, I think of horses. I think of like mm-hmm. I'm going to jab you in the side Ooh. to move you forward. Yeah. yeah, you know. So sometimes the spurring that we're called to do hurts. It hurts. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Yeah, um, doesn't mean that it's done maliciously or done right. to hurt. Right. But it stings. Yeah. Right. And that's where I think that word consider is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Because I think what we need to remember when we persevere in our fellowship is sometimes we love to tell people when they're wrong, but we're not doing it because we care for them. We just do it right. because we want to tell them they're wrong. Right. Yep. And, and yep. I think that's the power of If it's in that. coming from a place of love. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so I think there's a, a, a challenge of motivation there, this idea of, of spurring one another along. Uh, the other thing, before we move on to that next that I just love with this, is it goes on and he says, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching and day being capitalized, Mm -hmm. right? It's the day when all of this is said and done. And the thought that I'm encouraged by with this is 
Sometimes when we, again, hear what the Scripture says, and Paul tells us, run the race, right? I want to know the race that God has. I want to run the race. The problem with that is in our minds, I think we picture the race as an individual race. Mm. Like, I'm running it as an individual. Right. The problem is Christianity and the church is a team race, meaning it doesn't matter how fast you think you get there. If you are neglecting the ones that you are running with, you're doing it wrong. Yep. So a, a weird analogy of this, that as I was writing notes, my, my daughters went through a phase where we watched uh, Monsters University a lot. I, I love that movie. It, but it's a great movie, Monsters, <laughs> Inc. and then Monsters University. But there's a part of the movie is they have challenges that they have to do as teams. And I remember one of the funniest parts that my girls just laughed hysterically about was there's a, the race that they have to do in it. And two of the, the, the two main characters, Sully and Mike, they're so competitive their attitude is, I'm going to win the race for us. I'm going to get there first. So they are just charging through, and they actually win. The, you know, they, think, they think they win the race. The problem is, is they neglected the fact that they were supposed to cross the finish line with everybody else on their team. <laughs> and they neglected the rest of their team. Yep. So it's just that's what I see here is this persevere in fellowship, is this idea of it doesn't matter how fast you think you're going or how far. Right. If you're outpacing those that you're supposed to bring with you, right. you're actually doing it wrong. Yep. Because it's a race of a team, mm -hmm. not as an individual. And I think, I think that's one of those things that we, or that you and Matt preach on, is, is the importance of um, being part of the church. And that doesn't mean just showing up here on Sundays, but mm -hmm. actually being part of the, the family community here. Um, whether that's in ways of serving small groups or, yeah. you know, whatever. Because if you're just showing up here, that's great. Yeah. But at some point, like, that's not representing the fullness of Christ. No. You know, he wants more for you. There's more you can be um, giving to others, and there's things that you can be learning and taking from others as well. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Father, just before we jump forward, but we also have to, it's not just about being part of the church. It's about being intentionally open about being part of the church. So yeah. the example I, that was going through my head as you were talking is, is, let's say I'm running a race, and if the, if the goal is us as a team to finish the, the, the finish line together, I have to be honest when, like, if I'm having, like, guys, I've hurt myself. Hold on. Like, I, I, I have to speak out when I need my team to rally around me. But then I also need to be ready to rally around my team members yep. when they... See, yep. I think in churches, that's why a lot of the struggles is because we suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, uh, when we need people to help us, um, we've created this individual mentality. So it's like, that's my problem. Um, but then at the same time, we're, we're running so fast that people fall by the wayside because one, they haven't spoken up, and two, we're not paying attention. Yep. And so this race mentality kind of makes us realize we have to watch for one another, mm -hmm. but we also have to be, we can't blame the other teammates if we're yeah. not going to speak up. You have to be sewing in yeah. too. It yeah. has to be like, guys, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I need to slow down or I need, whatever. So um, there's that give and take and that perseverance. Um, so then that just, you know, jumps in the third one. Uh, so if we start at verse 26, we might see that it seems like it takes this really different approach because all of a sudden the author says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Yikes. Heavy, 
heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if we're talking about persevering in our faith and we're talking about persevering in fellowship, this one I would say we will call persevering in holiness. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, it's the, a warning. It's a stern warning. It's a very warning. stern warning because this is a problem that I think many people have, including myself and many times in my life. We treat faith as a ticket to heaven, right? Like I, I believe yep. in Jesus. I'm going to attain forgiveness, eternity, you know, heaven, and now I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to sit back with my feet up. Pretty much. And, and what the author here is saying is like, listen, Jesus did not become your high priest for you to deliberately keep on sinning. Mm -hmm. He became your high priest to make you holy, mm. completely set apart from God. Yeah. So I think the warning here, we could go a whole lot deeper into this, but I think the main warning we want to set with this one is it's the challenge to not be the person that tries to play on both sides of the fence. It's the people that purposely want to pretend that they're good with Jesus, but yet they deliberately live in a way that they know contradicts the very life that Christ calls them to live. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the warning here is, is don't do this. Um, and, and then when he's talking about there's no sacrifice that's left, it's like, listen, if Jesus isn't enough for you to live holy, there's nothing, there's nothing else that can be done is, is what kind of is being presented here. It, is if Jesus' sacrifice is not enough for you, there, there's no other option. Like God's not going to give a, oh, well, that's not enough. Let me do something else. To, to make it easier for you to do this. So there, there's this persevere in holiness. Mm -hmm. Strive to, I, I, this is, I am with Christ and I'm striving to live the holy, set apart life that he calls me to live. If someone, so, if someone has a person in their life that um, would be a good example of this, mm -hmm. uh, what would your advice be to them as far as um, evangelizing and, and reaching out? Um, first and foremost, because I think this is so common. It is very so common. common. It is very common. First and foremost, um, this is going to sound kind of like a, some people say, well, duh, but it's so true. Um, if we're not faithfully praying for that person, mm. there's nothing you can say that's going to do any good. Yep. Um, and I say that because we kind of, we always wrestle with what's the best, like, God, give me the right thing to say. Yeah. Give, tell like it's me all up to, to us. This. Like too. it's all up to us. Um, <laughs> if we're not faithfully so <laughs> interceding for them. Yeah. So first and foremost, let go of the what do I have to say. If you're not faithfully praying for them on a regular basis, on a daily basis, you need to start doing that. Yep. Um, in, in fact, uh, you know, just on a personal note, uh, we do that as a, I, I challenged that with my girls just the other night. Um, we, as we're praying as a family, they, they kind of fall into the trap like many of us do, you know. Like, you almost can sit there and I know exactly what they're going to say. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, it's the repetitive stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I challenged them. I said, okay, girls, tonight I want you to both to think of somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Ooh. And I want you to start. And oh, I want that's you to pray good. For them. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, instilling in them this idea. The other thing I would say, again, before we start worrying about talking to somebody in this position is... When you're praying for them, it's not just, it's just like we kind of pray like, Lord, you know, save them. Well, it's like, Jesus, right. like, well, I already kind of did. They just need to receive it, right? Yep. What I think we need to do more often is we need to pray the prayer for them, mm. right? So what I mean by that is interceding in the sense of, Lord, this is the person I care about, and I'm going to claim their salvation for them. Like, not that that's going to make them saved. Right. But it's like you're praying the prayer they should be praying. Yeah. Like you're standing in the gap. Like, Lord, I'm going to pray this prayer for them until they pray it for themselves, right? So it's like really stepping out in our faith to like, God, I'm, a, I'm 
I'm not just asking you to save them. Like, I'm, I'm putting myself there. Like, Moses was almost like, Lord, I will take the place of the people. Like, I'll give up my salvation. If they... So anyways, I think it starts there. Um, the second thing with that is, I think it's just being ready and, and, and also praying to God, like, God, uh, again, we enter into these things like, I'm going to force the door open. I think we need to be willing to, like, God, show me when the right time is to talk, mm-hmm. when to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sure anybody that knows this, if you have a loved one especially, they're tired of hearing from you. Yeah. Right? It's just like, they just, oh, here we go again. It's like the door <laughs> shut, all, you know, because you're trying to pry it open. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's trusting God again. Like, Lord, you got to give me the open door. You got to show me when the door's there. Um, but then, and then we have to be faithful and obedient to take it. To walk through When it, he gives that to, to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember very, and, and I think it all comes back to this. It, it has to be, like you said, motivated by love. Um, and I think it is, but sometimes it doesn't come across that way. Right. I, I had a friend years ago that I remember very, very vividly that I was just really heavy on my heart for him. And I remember we were sitting watching TV one time. Same kind of thing, like, God, oh, give me a chance. And then it's just like, do it. And I looked over at him. I was like, hey. Uh, and it was awkward. Like two, We were probably only like 23 at the time, 24. Just awkward as all get out. But I looked at him. I said, and I, asked, I said to him, you know I love you, right? And he just kind of looks at me. And he's just like, yeah. You know, like <laughs> we're, you know I care a lot about you. Yeah. And I just said, because I love you, I'm going to say this to you. And, and I just laid it out there. Like, this is, this is why I'm going to say this to you is because I love you. You know, and, and it wasn't the, you know, after it was done, I didn't look at him like, you want to pray? Like, let's, you know, it was, man, I, I just, I'm going to be genuine about this. I'm just, I think we get too wrapped up in the, I got to say the right, the right thing, words. And, and there's yeah. this magical way to make it happen. Yeah. And it, it's just, no, yeah. just be genuine. Simple. Simple. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think those moments come when we choose to not be afraid to speak of our own faith. Mm, yeah. Right, because we're bringing then the conversation in. It's not we're pushing it. We're just like yeah. we, we we almost. I'm gonna wait till they bring it up. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's it's simple things like you know him and I we had those conversations because I would be like, man, I was reading this and this just blew my mind, or I listened to this and I wasn't forcing nothing. Right. I wasn't like you need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. Listen, I was reading this and it made me think of you. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. That would be what I would do. <laughs> and see, that's what we try to because we're trying to force the door open, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to kick the door yeah. open to make you accept Jesus uh-huh. versus it's no different than if I were to sit down and somebody and say, man, I watched a TV show last night and you should have seen it. It's, it's those conversations. If we make mm-hmm. Jesus just as real as those, mm-hmm. it helps. So... That would be some of my thoughts with that. That's good. Um, good. So my last one here is is then, you know, you go through this, and then we get to verse 32 until the end. And the author, again, kind of shifts gears because all of a sudden he says, remember those early days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in great uh, contest in the face of suffering. Um, So basically he starts talking to them of, guys, you remember when you became Christians, it got bad. It was hard. And you, you got persecuted, and you had people come against you, and he's reminding them about, hey, you remember how in the beginning you, st- you stood firm? And so if you know, we have this persevere in our faith, persevere in our fellowship, persevere in holiness, but the last one here is like persevere actually in suffering, because that's going to be a natural part of life. It's so timely, huh? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think we miss track of this because, um, you know, uh, when we talk about suffering as Christians, if we are persevering in our faith like we're supposed to, if we are persevering in fellowship like we're supposed to, and we are persevering in holiness, suffering is a natural thing that's going to come. 
because being a Christian, you know, if you think about Christianity, you, you might have heard this said before, but if you think of Christianity as like a football game, you only get hit in football when you get on the playing field. And if, if you just sit on the Ooh, sidelines, you're safe. That's good, yeah. Right? So as Christians, we need to stop scratching our head when, like, suffering comes. Like, what happened? Well, it's because <laughs> you got in the game. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to be safe, yeah. you have to stay on the sideline. But here's the problem. If you stay on the sideline, you're one of those that he's warning about in not pursuing holiness. So suffering should not confuse us. Suffering should not catch us off guard. Um, you know, it's, I, I've seen this said before also, if Satan's not attacking you, you, start, you need to start asking whether you're on his team or not. Mm. He's not mm-hmm. going to come after somebody that he's not afraid of or that he's worried about. Um, so you have this perseverance in suffering. And, and what I love about this is the author, he goes in there and he starts talking about those hard times, about being mistreated and all that, no, but being in prison. And he said, uh, this is actually verse 34. And he said, you know, you, you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. So he's giving this example again about prison. And then he, you're like, you joyfully accepted when people took stuff from you because you knew that you yourselves had, had a better and lasting possession. So he's like, listen, you can persevere under suffering and everything in this life can get stripped away from you if you persevere back again to your faith that your goal is not to build the, the best life here. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to build your best life in eternity. Yep. And, and so that's where that, that encouragement comes from is striving for something better, striving for what's yet to come. And then he ends it um, talking about don't throw away your confidence, right? Because that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants, us, he wants to get it so bad that we throw away our faith and we throw away the fellowship and we throw away the pursuing of holiness because it's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but again, what I love about it is just how he brings it to this end, you know, and then, you know, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. This is verse 39, but of those who believe and are saved, right? This proclamation of it's, it's, it's going to get hard. And it might get even worse. Mm-hmm. But that, you're not one, we're not the ones that shrink back. We're the ones that persevere and push forward. And, and we receive this better possession. Right? So this is that last encouragement to us. is Don't, ta- don't chase Jesus because he's going to make life rainbows and unicorns. Right, because that's right? not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Someday you can go to heaven and maybe he's going to give you rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. But it's not <laughs> happening here. Right? That's the reality we need to get in our head. Mm-hmm. We weren't promised the perfect life right. here. And, and that's where that perseverance comes from. So we, we need to stop as Christians. We really do need to stop like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, I told you mm-hmm. over and over and over again this would happen. So those are those areas of perseverance. And then if you, you know, anything else we, you know, we want to talk about, but then that's when we go into chapter 11 where it starts mm-hmm. talking about these, these people of faith, yeah. right? Like these people that persevered. Which is so funny to me because like you read through the names and yeah, they were men of faith, but they were also pretty jacked up <laughs> yeah, they had some and issues, did right? some things. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess it is what the author, the author pointing us to, I'm assuming maybe that's a spoiler alert for chapter 12, but I mean, the author is pointing us to Jesus, our better, yeah. our better savior. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the perseverance, right? I mean, he's showing us people in scripture that, like you said, weren't perfect and really did some messed up stuff. Well, that's mm-hmm. part of the perseverance is I'm, I have to persevere by struggling against my own flesh, my yeah. own mistakes, my own past. I, I have, when I think about persevering in my faith, 
Um, how often do I want to doubt? I mean, there are times I want to doubt my faith is genuine because I base it on me. Mm -hmm. That's part of that perseverance. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I mean, I mean, I wonder how many times Moses had moments where he's just like, what right do I have to be here? Yeah. I, uh, look at what I did. Yep. You know, um, it also gives us hope. I think as humans that, you know, perfection is not yeah. <laughs> required. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not perfect. It's a uh, part of celebrate recovery. Even it's not perfection. We're striving for it's progress. Mm, that's good. You know, yeah. it's, it's, we celebrate progress, not perfection. Yep. And that's where the persevere comes from. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm further than I was. That's so true, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. So that would be the, the, the rest of chapter 10. Awesome. And then into 11. So. Awesome. All right, good. I hope you guys are continuing to enjoy our uh, dive into Hebrews. And we will see you next week with some more as we continue on. Thanks for listening. Nice.